Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. And boy, do I ever miss the pure toxicity of early noughties television. I'm talking about 2000s reality TV, baby. The Simple Life, Early Bachelor, the original reality TV where no health and safety precautions were taken whatsoever. I'm very, very happy and reassured that they have implemented psychological care for people. I don't want anyone manipulated or exploited to the point that they feel badly about themselves, of course. But some people are up for it. Some people just want to be on reality TV for the sake of it, famous for being famous, and maybe they're rock solid like I am and they just don't care. It doesn't affect them to get negative feedback or to be totally vulnerable on TV. And someone the other day shared a clip of an absolute classic episode of the BBC's Don't Tell the Bride. I think it was BBC. It feels like a BBC thing. Well, if you haven't seen it, a production company would give a hapless British male 12 grand exactly to spend to create the wedding of his wife's dreams. I don't think they did any gay weddings, though. Let me know if I'm wrong. None stand out. I mean, a gay wedding for 12 grand. Forget about it. 12 grand, psh, that is just for the bouquet. But um, it was awesome. It was awesome. And the bride would always have these lofty ambitions. Like, I want to have the most amazing dress, designer heels. I'm going to get married in an old uh, beautiful church where my nanny was married. And then a big, big hall in central London. We're going to have amazing dinners and uh, black-eyed peas performing. You know, they had lofty, lofty ambitions. And then the man would usually pick an absolute piss-ugly dress, shoes that didn't fit. He'd dress the bridesmaids in like some high street stuff that didn't fit them. The bridesmaids were the best part. They would always rally around during their fitting and give him the business, be like, fuck you, you've ruined this. You're going to make her leave you. And then on the wedding day, that's when the bride would get to see everything, like just at that moment. And this one was when the man took her to Thorpe Park, which is an amusement park in London where a teenager was like, really badly hurt a few years ago. I hate, I have always hated roller coasters. I do like amusement parks, you know, sometimes with the kids, but no roller coasters. I'm going on nothing above the teacups. Why would you want to do that to yourself? Why would you want to place yourself in the hands of like a carnival operator to go like upside down 50 meters in the sky? Not me. No, thanks. But this girl was like, I can't do this in my wedding dress. What's he thinking? What an asshole. She's crying. I mean, the women would end up crying on most of the episodes. I don't know why I loved the show, but I did. 
And someone messaged me about this clip and she said that that woman divorced the man and she's one of the moms on her school run now, married to someone else. So good for her, a happy ending. Last week, I was worried. I wasn't that worried. I didn't give a shit really, but I was a little bit preparing myself for a lot of disagreements re my stance on the whole Jonah Hill controversy, which has largely disappeared. If you're a celebrity, and you get canceled one week or the whole internet's mad at you, don't worry, they'll probably forget about it in like four to five days. But um, I really just thought that what he was doing in these text messages, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, um, his ex-girlfriend has released some alleged texts that he sent her trying to talk about boundaries, but essentially she viewed it as controlling her behavior. And then, you know, it was a talking point for people. And I think that's a really positive thing. By the way, this girlfriend didn't just break up with Jonah Hill. I was discussing the whole thing with Bobby and he's like, oh, well, what happened? Because he's not in like this type of media pop. He doesn't know about what's happening with celebrities. So I have to tell him. He's like, oh, when did they break up? It was genuinely years ago. And in that time, Jonah Hill is with someone else and just had a baby with this someone else. And now the ex decides to release all these texts. And she's like, well, I didn't want to do it while the girl was pregnant. I didn't want to cause her any stress. But you'll cause her stress with a newborn? I don't know. The whole thing's just a mess to me. Hollywood is messy. Malibu, LA, you're all sick. But uh, people were largely on my side. People were like, you know what, whether I agree with you or disagree with you, um, I like that you as a feminist can still take an objective, fresh look at every scenario. And it's not always the man's a bastard, lock him up. I saw a post the other day that said, um, Jonah Hill asking politely, please respect my boundaries and don't post pictures like this and don't hang out with these men. Otherwise, I wish you well, get on with your life, but we can't be together. This is not a healthy boundary that I expect in a serious romantic relationship is the same as screaming, no, you can't fucking hang out with those people. You belong to me, da, 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 da. I would argue, no, it's not the same. No, it's not the same at all. But anyway, that's yesterday's news. A very important letter, though, that I got uh, related to last week. I've always talked about HPV because most people have it. And I think it's really, really important to have a serious think about getting the vaccine if you haven't got it already. I think a lot of young people just have that vaccine routinely, but it doesn't totally protect you from HPV. So to still get regular smears, regular screening, I was struggling last week to get a smear test from my GP. I don't even know why I asked the GP in the first place. Like I know better than that. What I need to do is go into central London and pay 800 pounds for a private colposcopy. That's what I do. Otherwise, I mean, God help us all with the fucking whatever. But (laughs) before I slag off the NHS, not the NHS and the people who work in it, but you know, the whole restructuring of it. I got this amazing letter and it sounds like an ad. It's from a company, it's from the founder of Day, D-A-Y-E. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Day. And her name is Valentina. We've designed a service to allow for at-home PCR-based STI, HPV, and infection detection using menstrual tampons. So before I went any further, I was like, what are you talking about? I had to go independently read the reviews. And on the website, it says, Day makes period care products, including CBD-infused tampons designed to provide localized relief. 
I don't know the long-term studies on putting CBD up your vag, but it sounds like a good idea to me. It's a lot better than I think they had to release these warnings in Ireland. In Ireland alone, a very funny comedian, Joanne McNally, told me this, that they have to say every summer, ladies, please don't put ice lollies up your vag. I know it's cold. And then know they're the attempting size, but please don't cool off by popping, you know, a twister up your badge. We don't have those ads anywhere else. Okay, so here are some of the reviews. This is from two months ago, Daniela B. I was gifted the tampons by a friend who knew how badly I struggled with heavy and painful periods. These are my favorite tampons. My favorite part is the cute, discreet tin that I can carry tampons in on the go. Way better than just throwing some in my purse. The reviews, by the way, are like 4.997% rating from 33 users, which is not really that many users, but love the sustainability of the brand. Products work great. Day is one of my favorite subscriptions. The branding is cool. I love that they set out a mission, are really clear in that. They sent me little extras like scrunchies. So this is all about like tampons and CBD tampons. So that's cool. So what's Valentina saying to me about the HPV testing? Okay. I recently listened to your podcast where you discussed your difficulties in obtaining an HPV screening or pap smear appointment. I wanted to reach out and share some exciting developments in HPV testing that could potentially address the issues you raised. These were presented at the 2023 American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists ACOG annual scientific meeting. Holy shit. There's an obstetrics and gynecologist yearly worldwide meeting of probably four dudes. Number one, at home, HPV swabs yield better results than in clinic HPV screening. Studies have shown that self-collected cervicovaginal cervicovaginal samples obtained through at home HPV swabs have demonstrated superior performance compared to in clinic screenings. How the hell is that? PCR DNA amplification tests improve accuracy. The use of PCR DNA amplification tests. Okay, this is getting boring, but I appreciate all the scientific news, Valentina. Oh, you have to continue to get screened even if you're vaccinated. That's annoying. Um, I hope this information provides some insights into the advancements in HPV testing and the importance of regular screening. But what are you talking about? So I can screen at home. I didn't even know that. Let me see. I'll click on this service. There's a day service for at-home HPV screening. Yeah, so if you go to yourday.com, Y-O-U-R-D-A-Y-E.com, they have a page where you can buy their tampons and everything else, but then they also have at-home vaginal microbiome screening. Understand your risk of vaginal infections like thrush or bacterial vaginosis, STIs, fertility implications, and other gynae health complications using a non-invasive at-home tampon screen. It is one-off, 90 pounds, or you can subscribe and get three tests a year for 209 pounds. This is still not you know, accessible to everyone, but it is definitely cheaper than going to the Portland. You can check for microbes that make it more difficult to conceive, and you can determine if your IVF cycle is less likely to be successful. How? The vaginal microbiome is the ecosystem of bacteria, yeasts, and other microorganisms that live inside your vag. When its balance is off, it's vulnerable to infections and other gynae health complications. Wow. Woo! And then they have a sassy photo of Dr. Patricia Phillips, an OBGYN. Beautiful girl. Getting screened with us means you never meet dead-end results. We offer you specialist aftercare tailored to you so you can get treatment 
for thrush or bacterial vaginosis. And you can get real life and virtual appointments with specialists. And you can get personalized lifestyle hacks based on your results. What? So like some of this does seem a little Gwyneth Paltrow for me. See our founder's results? What? Enter your email below and Valentina will send you her screening report? Valentina? We just met. I don't know if I need to know like that much about your vaginal flora, but this is what people are doing now. This is the like step one. Nice to meet you. Here is a microbiome report of my cervix. And there you go. You can upload those results directly to your Hinge or Tinder profile. Hello. Nice to meet you. I'm Catherine Ryan. I'm 40 years old. I would like to go to Japan one day. I have three kids. I enjoy hiking. And I have very little harmful yeast and bacteria living in my vaginal microbiome. What's up? The only thing that I hate, I mean, it seems like a good thing. You become part of aggregated data when you do this. So when you send your results back, they de-identify your data, which means no one who works there or none of their partners can link you personally with your data. It's just like random data. And they use that. They give it pro bono to Liverpool Women's Medical Institute. And that is just to further research for women because, you know, and to close the gender gap between research. But I just still hate being data. I don't know why. I'm, I am data. I'm like loads of pieces of data everywhere, but something about it. I just feel like I don't know if someone in the future is going to clone my vag. And I wouldn't blame them for wanting to do that. So... I don't know, place my vag at a crime scene? I guess they wouldn't. And it can never be linked back to me anyway. Ah, but it, it's good. You, we do want to further research. Amy Schumer has an amazing comedy special out right now. And she talks about having that hypermetesis gravidum, whatever it's called, in your pregnancy when you just throw up constantly. It's completely debilitating. Kate Middleton infamously suffered from this, I think, with each pregnancy. I had it for kind of half of my pregnancy with Violet. But it's like amazing what women go through and she went to the doctor and the doctor goes oh no we haven't been able to study that we don't know how to fix it because it only happens to women and she makes a really small formation with her hands as though women are this teeny demographic that's not worth putting money into uh researching and it's funny i mean amy schumer is really funny i've always loved amy schumer i met her once very briefly uh, we hardly spoke. I was one of many comedians on a bill that she was headlining. And a lot of com comics would be like, I opened for Amy Schumer. No, I didn't. I was one of many people on a bill that she was closing. And everyone was there to see her, not me. I was an unwelcome surprise. But this was really cool. That was a time in my life where like, my career was just quickly accelerating and everything I did was so exciting. This was in Canada at the Molson Amphitheater, where I had been before to see like Dave Matthews Band. I mean, I'm really showing my like North American college age with that, but it was so cool. And she was playing like a shooting arcade game. And I was like, oh, do you mind if I get a picture with you? And she was like, later at the side of the stage. And I was like, okay. And then I never asked again. I just got too shy, but I still love her. And in fairness, she was very, very busy very busy playing the shooting game, unwinding before a gig. This was maybe almost 10 years ago, seven years ago. I feel badly that I'm just not doing for my career like what I'm supposed to do right now. My American uh, manager, Josh, there's Dave and Josh in America. Josh has been calling me and he calls me at weird times because he's in LA and I'm in the UK, but then I don't call him back 
because the news is not good. I'll just be like, Josh, I haven't written anything. I haven't done it. And I don't know why. I mean, Bobby and I are filming this thing right now that's a little bit like a reality show. It's hard to explain. And I totally get why some famous reality couples like the number one, Nick and Jessica Simpson, Nick Lachey, rather, and Jessica Simpson, though every time they went to a hotel, people would call him Mr. Simpson, and you could see him getting angry. Uh, He's very seemingly happy with his current wife, uh, Vanessa Manillo, now Lachey, and they host Love is Blind. I'm sure you've watched that on Netflix, but he used to be married to Jessica Simpson, and they had this unbelievably compelling reality show on MTV when I was growing up, and I loved them. And I think that Jessica said at some point that the reality show was one of the catalysts for their split. It is really hard to be filming your intimate life, which I thought it wouldn't be hard because I talk very intimately on the podcast and I upload a lot of stuff to Instagram. I show more of my kids than I used to with Violet. I didn't put Violet on social media for years and years, but with the babies, I feel like almost a sense of if you can't beat it, join them. Like I didn't really understand social media when Violet was born and that's why I wasn't as active on it, even myself. And then as I got to understand it more, I was like, okay, I get this now. I can share a little bit of my family without sharing too much. I understand the parameters. I get it. It's a terrible place, but we kind of have to exist on there, especially now as fewer and fewer people are watching TV. Like I don't see Violet watching normal TV the way that my parents do, for example. Well, even my mom doesn't. My dad does, for example. And he only watches sports. So I, uh, yeah, so we, we, it's not really a reality show, but basically without revealing too much, we've got cameras in the house some days now. And it's weird. I can see that it's, it's okay for the kids. Fred has kind of made friends with some of the filmers, as uh, I've been calling them. I don't know what else to say. Like these are people in the house and they have cameras. He knows what a camera is. And they're really good. They give us space and they kind of stay away from the kids, but they're around a little bit. And there was one younger man that Fred just really took a shine to. And he's like, play with that one, monster trucks with you, that one. And we said, okay. Um, He just loves men for some reason. He likes showing off to like bigger boys. So Fred's having fun. He didn't seem too disturbed. And they're not in the house every day. But I think there's a tension with Bobby and me because it's like, we're sort of supposed to act natural, like the cameras aren't there, but the cameras are there. And I'm a professional, like I know about this industry and I'm, I pretty much act the same way all the time, no matter what. There could be, I mean, there is a camera on right now. There's a, I'm being recorded, but like I'm talking the way I would talk if you were my friend and you were here and we were having lunch. But my kids and Violet and Bobby, I think it is a little bit new to them still. And there is just an emotional alertness about that. And you're, you're asked to be yourself, but kind of not really be yourself. And to be yourself, but then let's take that again because the camera's in the wrong spot. Be yourself one more time while we move this around. Be yourself just that other time and say the same thing again. Like it's, it takes you out of a normal life and it's kind of just, a, I, I can see how it causes problems in people who do actual reality shows. I get it. But some of what's involved is showing how I juggle family and my career. And they're going to come with me and film the gig that we're doing at the Roundhouse in Camden. I do think it's sold out, but I mean, it's, it's quite 
homophobically on one of the same days that Taylor Swift is here in the UK. She's here uh, August 15th, 16th, 17th, and I am doing August 17th at the Roundhouse. It's actually a very LGBTQAI plus friendly gig. Michelle DeSwart is supporting, Stephen Bailey is supporting, and the London Gay Men's Chorus are supporting. That's in Camden at the Roundhouse. It's great, but I mean, what am I doing to warm up for that gig? That is a month away from now, and what a good comedian, a professional comedian would be doing is getting out to all the clubs and bars and popping up unannounced. I saw Ramesh Ranganathan went up at ABC Comedy, one of our favorite comedy clubs in South London. It's in Kennington, hosted by James Gill, who's incredible, maybe the best compare in the whole universe. Great guy. He does TV warm-up as well, so you might have seen him if you've been to any records. He's a formidable comedian and a wonderful friend. But I never go there. Because it's like bedtime, bath time. If I'm not, this is the discipline that I need. If I'm not being immediately paid to leave the house, then I can't justify leaving the house. And I, that needs to change. Because when you work for yourself, you have to have self-discipline. And I feel like, oh, well, we're so busy around the house. I got these kids. But I mean, I also have every privilege in the world. I have a babysitter. I have Bobby, who's a stay-at-home dad. And Violet's home for the summer. But I just feel like there's, there's a vibe. Like I, I think the kids get like pissed off if I leave. I come back and everyone's like a little bit on edge with me. And I think it's because my job is so stupid. If I was a nurse, if I was going out to drive a delivery truck, or if I was a firefighter, then I could really justify, like I got to leave the house so that we can pay the rent and I can do this important job that society needs me to do. But now I live such a life of luxury that I feel like, it's very greedy for me to go out and, and, do, and have my fun life of like, I'm going to a bar with all my friends and I'm going to tell dick jokes and probably have a drink. See ya. But that is what my job is. And it's like, I'm just not, I'm still not, Fena is seven months old, like TikTok. I'm still not getting back to people. I am working kind of a lot, but not as much as I used to. And I don't have the discipline that I used to. And that has to change. You will see me. Over the next four weeks, out and about in London, I'm not probably going to go south. Forget about ABC comedy. That is an hour away. But I'm going to find some local gigs and just pop up there because I have to. Otherwise, where is my new tour coming from? Where is my new show coming from? I'm being ridiculous. And it's a slap in the face, honestly, to all the parents who don't have a choice, who have to put their kids in daycare, who have to go to work. Here I am like what's the word like crying into my tiara i'm sure there's a there's a word for it something about like a silver spoon or like gold shoes i forget what the metaphor is but here i am like i don't want to leave my kids to go to work well catherine get out the fucking house because this is the career you chose and you have to keep doing it and there's been kind of a rebrand with me too that's been difficult to get my head around because before i got back together with bobby which was a shock I was promoting my latest special, oh no, not my, my second, my latest Netflix special, Glitter Room, which was all about being single. Then I met Bobby, okay, I had to recalibrate. Then we had a lockdown. So then I wrote Mrs. about my new life, being married and having a baby. And I just feel like, oh, it's just so different from how audiences used to understand me. But hopefully my audiences are like growing up with me and their lives are changing and evolving and they can relate to like who I am now and what I'm talking about now. Also comedy is growing up and evolving. I think, 
I learned this from going to watch live podcasts. People are going to see live podcasts more than they're going to see stand-up. There's something about stand-up right now that people are like, oh, I want to laugh, but I don't want to, like, I don't want it thrown in my face that I'm being told a joke. It's really weird. But then you look at Jimmy Carr, who's still selling, like, half a million tickets so far on his tour, and he's doing amazing. And Jimmy Carr is someone who's telling jokes. It's just like, what do people want from me? Something. Everyone wants something from me. And the nightmare is that people want nothing from me. One day my kids will want nothing from me. Hopefully not, but it's possible my husband will turn around and want nothing from me. And then people who used to come and see me on tour will want nothing from me. It'll be just a world of Gogglebox. If you saw my husband Bobby and me on Gogglebox the last three weeks, I mean, you would have had to be watching really closely. We are totally not in the show. And I promise you, we said some really funny stuff. And then we watched the shows back uh, just to see like, okay, what kind of stuff makes it. And I've always watched Gogglebox. I understand the kind of stuff that gets on Gogglebox. And they were showing other people sometimes saying the same things that we said, but it was just more interesting to have Jane McDonald say it than it was to have me and Bobby. So people have reached out and been like, why are you not on Gogglebox? I honestly don't know. They've got a lot of couples on Celebrity Gogglebox, and I know they have to share that time, but you almost can't help but feel like you pissed off an editor or something like, oh shit, someone in that editing suite does not like me, um, which is fine. We, I really don't mind. I think it's a great show. And I felt comforted last week because I hardly saw John Richardson and Lucy Beaumont on it either. And they are two of the funniest people ever. So I was just like, whatever. We were very touched, very glad to be involved. And it was really fun to film it. Another thing people ask me is, um, oh, they don't film in the real house because that was clearly to those people who follow me on Instagram. You'll know that that was not my living room. They normally do film it at your house. And I didn't want to be difficult and say, well, let's not film it at ours. But the reality is with filming, it's very difficult to get quiet at our house. We have a very calm and peaceful house, but with two babies under two or Fred just turned two, uh, someone might cry. Like someone might yell. Fena's into yelling now where she just like, ah, using her voice and we can't keep everyone quiet. And when we put them to bed, they are not necessarily down for the night. I mean, they're reliably not down for the night. So they did make a special allowance for us and they filmed at a house down the road so like still in our neighborhood, kind of like our house, but just for like the sake of quiet, they didn't want to film in our house. Plus we have Megan, Meg Ryan, the Shih Tzu, who can't breathe properly. So she just sounds like a piglet all the time. And people think someone's like farting or snoring. No, that's just Megan breathing. And our house is full of windows and mirrors. Like I've tried to make it an impossible house to film in, yet <laughs> we've got cameras here at least two days a week. The craziest news this week was about the the man responsible for the whole blue-black versus gold-white dress that broke the internet in 2015. So do you remember this? Some eyes can see a dress being blue and black, and then other eyes could see that it was gold and white. And I think depending on the light or how you looked at it, I think I always saw, I think I was in the blue-black camp, not gold-white, if I remember correctly. But this was, it broke the internet before the Laurel Yanny thing. Remember, it was like, Laurel, Yanny, Laurel, Yanny. And it was a sound and different people could hear different things. People love a meme like that. I'm going to tell you something awful that has happened. And I'm just going to put a domestic abuse trigger warning now, which is also a spoiler. He has been charged with trying to kill his wife. 
This guy's from Scotland, so it was a wedding, and his mother-in-law was a guest at the wedding, and someone took a picture and shared it to Tumblr, and it just, it got so internet famous, this blue-black thing, that this man appeared on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Like, he did all these media appearances, though I don't remember ever seeing him. I just remember the dress. But um, yeah, there's been like an 11-year, I mean, he denies all of these charges, but he appeared in a Glasgow court the other day to deny charges of an 11-year abuse campaign where he would like brandish a knife towards his wife and try to strangle her and push her against walls. He like hit her allegedly through an open car window and tried to enter a vehicle she was in. Like just a lot of, you know, like terrible sounding alleged violence. And it, it makes you think about, you know, they used to have those shows where a lottery winner would have his life ruined because of it, you know, because all of a sudden all your family wants a piece of you and you don't really know how to spend the money because you don't feel like you deserve it. And it came out of nowhere and these people blow it all in the first year and some of them get like drug addictions and they go to jail. Well, what happens with internet famous people? Because all of these allegations are from 2019 to 2022. So I don't know if they were married. Well, yeah, they would have been married before this dress broke the internet I think if it was his wedding or maybe he was a guest at another one I don't know but what role does internet fame I'm not blaming internet fame for this guy being violent I mean it's terrible there's no excuse for violence but some people like it, it can be a head fuck like it can make I think Will Smith said it best when he said fame doesn't change who you are but it amplifies who you are So if you're like a bad guy and you get famous, you'd be a worse guy. And if you're a good person and you get famous, then usually you'll be doing lots of charitable things and altruism will flow through you on a greater scale because you have more of an outreach. But it just seems like a crazy story to me. And we hear all the time, unfortunately, about domestic violence. It's a problem. It's a problem that's greater than even the instances of it that we hear about. But what is the... It just sounds wild that it's like, oh, you know, the blue dress, gold dress guy tried to kill his wife. It's just, I think part of what makes it such a wild story is the way it's been reported. It's almost like the blue dress, gold dress and the attempted murder allegedly are related. You know, it just sounds like, what? Well, why are you bringing up the dress? And you have to because it was, it broke the internet, but it almost makes it sound because it caused so much lighthearted fighting amongst people. That was a source of conflict. It's like, well, I see gold, I see blue. No, you're wrong, you're wrong. I only believe what I can see. Like it caused a lot of domestic, you know, fun arguing. I think that's what makes it feel like, well, why are you bringing it up now with something so serious as attempted murder and domestic violence? Yeah, I think that's why it's great. It's like the blue dress gold guy. Well, obviously here's what's happened now. Maybe just don't mention it. I don't know. I guess he's famous. Is he famous? Are they mentioning it because he's like internet famous? I did not know who this guy was. A lot of domestic violence goes on with people who have not broken the internet, unfortunately. Let's have some words from our sponsors now. And when we return, I will see what new dilemmas, what new comments and letters you have for me in the inbox. If you ever want to write me a letter reacting to something you've heard on the podcast, anything you want to raise, a question you might have, please let me know at telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Okay, this is one from last week that I needed some time to get my head around because of Joanne's 
reaction to it. Some of you might know that my sister Joanne goes through all of your emails and she shortens some of them and sends me the ones that she thinks would be best for the podcast. Sometimes I dip into there myself because she likes the like real doom and gloom ones. Joanne, you got to liven it up. You got to liven it up. But also she responds to a lot of them and her response, I needed a week to digest this response. It is called husband wanking next to me while I sleep. Let me just, I'll do Joanne's response first, actually. Oh my gosh, this one spoke to me because when I dated, I'm going to redact Joanne's ex-boyfriend's name. He definitely had a porn addiction and masturbated constantly. It made me feel really uneasy. I mean, there were a pile of reasons I left this guy with nothing but a post-it that said, bye, but this was one of the huge icks. One time, he at least had the decency to leave the room and go have a wank downstairs in front of the computer because we had no smartphones back then. He finished on a piece of paper and tossed it. The next day, I had an appointment with my accountant and told him I couldn't find my T4 anywhere. He awkwardly fessed up, retrieved the T4, cleaned it, scanned it, and reprinted it. Again, this was before we couldn't retrieve these things online. Luckily, the accountant never questioned the small shadow in the middle of my photocopied T4. The best part of the story for me is that my accountant was his mother. Joanne has been in a series of really disappointing relationships, and I'm not judging her for that because I had also been in a series of really disappointing relationships. And then our sister Carrie has only really been in pretty good relationships. So I don't really know what Joanne and I were doing for a number of years. Um, I would hope that we're both okay now, I think, but like, Carrie has always just demanded and commanded respect, whereas Joanne and I, <laughs> I mean, I've never had anyone like wank on my bank statements or accounting forms, especially not when their accountant is my mother. But like Joanne never really told us about any of the things. This is the problem with you, Joanne. When she has a boyfriend, she's always like, my boyfriend is the sun and the moon and the stars. And I understand that because you want to save face and you want the people in your family to respect you and you're in a relationship for a reason, you know, that everyone has good points and bad points, but Joanne would never reveal anything bad about anyone. Whereas when I was in bad relationships, I would very happily slag these people off to my family while I was in the relationship. I don't think I ever was like, oh, so-and-so is just such a prince. Like I would be like this bastard, you won't believe what he did today. Why am I in the relationship? I don't know. And then Carrie, I mean, she, one of her relations, she was in some relationships that I didn't love, but the guy's like were, oh no, one of them was a loser, but like overall they really respected and appreciate her. Anyway, I digress. Joanne, I don't know if I needed to know about your ex-boyfriend masturbating into your T4, but I love that your accountant was his mother. Here's the original letter. Catherine, uh, I have been with my husband for five years, married for one. We have a two-year-old boy and I'm pregnant. Last night, in the early hours of this morning, I woke up at about 4 a.m. I looked over to my husband and found his hand around his dick, and he was watching porn. What the actual fuck? Who wanks whilst directly next to their spouse? I moved slightly and saw him immediately put his phone down for fear of being caught. I was stunned in this moment and pretended to go back to sleep. Then he carried on. I couldn't just lay there listening to him. That would have been even fucking weirder. So I got up and I went to the bathroom. I came back. And I raised the issue with him. 
He immediately tried to deny it, but I told him I saw him. He apologized and said he didn't know what he was thinking. I said to him, I'm going to need some time to process this strange behavior and how it made me feel badly about myself because if he was feeling in the mood, why wouldn't he want to roll over and try it on with me? We haven't had sex loads recently. I've been throwing up and I'm in that awkward phase of pregnancy where you don't feel great about yourself because you haven't got a proper bump, but you kind of just look chubby. So this behavior really hasn't got me feeling good about myself. I'm not excusing this behavior with our lack of sex because fine, go ahead and wank. That doesn't really bother me, but do it when I'm out of the house and not an option to have sex with. Not when your wife of only one year is laying next to you in bed. I honestly don't know where to start processing this behavior and how I can go about moving forward. He's an amazing dad. My family adore him. And up until this point, I've never had any major issues with him, but this just seems like very, very strange behavior to me. It wouldn't be strange to everyone though. And I think that you just need to very clearly discuss sexual boundaries in every relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like some women listening, I think wouldn't even really care. They'd be like, good, you know, wank then. (laughs) And some women would be furious if their husband woke them up at 4 a.m. When you have small children and you're pregnant, trying to have sex with you, you'd be like, fuck off, I'm trying to sleep. So, I, I don't have a porn problem in my household. Luckily, Bobby's ex-wife, ooh, he just sent me a text. I'm at Costco getting some platters. Nice. <laughs> Bobby and I, this is my language of love. Um, why wouldn't he take me to Costco? I'm available to go to Costco. He's going to Costco alone. Like that, I, I understand the feeling. But um, I think it's important to talk to your husband and just go, look, porn full stop makes me uncomfortable. It's okay to say that. Porn makes me uncomfortable. Um, Bobby had a previous partner that banned it entirely, and I love that about her because I don't have to deal with it. And he was never really into it anyway. Bobby had a single mom and three sisters. He is a gentleman. Bobby would never like just get his dick out and wank beside me. I just know he wouldn't. He's just not. That's just not him. And that is one of the many reasons that we are compatible, both like sexually and emotionally. Like we are not into anything weird, kinky in the bedroom. Um, I would just speak to him. I would go like you did, you raised it and you said, I think this is maybe I wouldn't have labeled it as strange behavior because that's subjective. And to him, maybe he's like, I don't know what to do. I was just feeling horny and I didn't want to get out of bed, go like wank into the bin like an animal. Um, where do you want him to wank? That's the other thing. Like he's in bed. I don't know. I don't know. Just say to him how you feel like you did. Go, this made me feel inadequate. And I know that wasn't your intention, but maybe you were thinking like that you were going to let me sleep and, and that's what I wanted. But actually I'm feeling really insecure about being pregnant and we've only been married a year and I want to have a really active sex life with you and I never want porn or masturbation to like replace the intimacy that we have in our relationship. And maybe you're scared as well. Maybe you're like, we have a baby and we're about to have another baby and I just want to keep our sex life alive and healthy as it is. And I think porn maybe takes some of that away. Just have an open discussion with him about it. And maybe he should treat it like going to the bathroom. You know, it's like close the door when you're taking a shit, go in the shower when you want to have a wank. But then you'd probably be annoyed if he turned the shower on at 4 a.m. and woke you and the baby up with noise in the house. If you want to be woken from a deep sleep, and I don't know any other 
pregnant mother of a young child with morning sickness who wants to bang at 4 a.m. We'd see clearly how you got yourself into this mess. <laughs> but just say to him, like, I would like you to wake me up. And, and maybe this feeling is related to your pregnancy and it will pass. Or maybe you have very strict porn boundaries and you don't want it at all in your house. You just need to get this discussion out in the open. But I don't think it's unforgivable what he did. I personally, like, I don't know, maybe it's a bit weird. It might give you the ick, like Joanne said, it gave her the ick. But you can count yourself lucky that he's not wanking on any important paperwork downstairs. You know? I feel like it's not worth ending a relationship or actually fighting over. Because men, like, I don't know. I don't know how old this guy is, but if he needed a wank in the middle of the night, maybe he couldn't get back to sleep until he had one. So what do you want him to do? Go out, wank in the garden like a street fox. Oh no, Catherine, I'm accidentally juggling two long-distance relationships. I matched on Hinge with a sexy man who works at sea. He was stationed out for four months. We spoke every day until May when things went a bit quiet due to a major time zone change for him. However, we did plan to meet up when he came back from sea. You're essentially dating the Little Mermaid. I didn't want to wait around for a new flame, so I went back on Hinge and met an Australian who was here for a month and wanted to see all the best places in Newcastle. <laughs> and you were like, I'll show you the best place in Newcastle. It is called Ma Posse. I understand. When his month in the UK came to an end, I was dropping him off at the airport, obviously upset and crying. And then he said, I love you. Running back to the car before I left, I said it back. We've since spoken every day and I agreed to come over to Australia for a year to live with him, so pretty much set for January next year. Fast forward to the end of June, I get a text from Seaman, who's coming home to shore. Classic story. He just can't wait to see me and he asks me to come over just to chat. He brought me back gifts that reminded him of me. He was perfect, so funny and caring, but also so fucking attractive. I've seen him pretty much three or four times a week since he's been home. I've even met his family and I've been invited to family events. He knows I'm going to Australia next year. And I said, I just want to travel. I didn't tell him I'm meeting a man that I hooked up with while you were at sea. His next placement at sea is in Australia. So he said he would come see me and take me on the cruise ship he works for to travel and spend time with him. So I'm balancing two men, two amazing opportunities and one decision. Can I live a doubled life dating two guys? <laughs> Do I end it with the Australian and stay with the family who are over there and see my seamen? I need help desperately. You are just spoiled for seamen. You've got a seaman and Australian seamen, seamen everywhere. Listen. What you're doing is naughty. You're being very bad because you are leading these men on to think that you're sort of pursuing a serious monogamous relationship with both of them. I do think that if you're going to be dating two boys, you have to let them know. And by the way, where are you meeting all these sexy men? Do you know how many people see a sexy looking man like once every four months and like just walking by, they go, what, what? And these men, they don't, they don't see them available in the world. This is Hinge you're using to meet these guys? I mean, damn, you must be a real catch. Semen joke. Look, you can't be doing what you're doing. You are not carrying on like someone whose options are open. And if you were, then that would be okay. But these men can't consent to the relationship they think they're having with you if 
they're not given the full information, you know? So this Australian would probably be heartbroken if you were like, oh, by the way, uh, I'm coming to live with you and pursue, you know, an I love you style relationship, but I've been fucking this guy and meeting his family and also making plans. Like you can't, I know they say like hoes in different area codes, but you can't be like, I have a land man and I have an ocean man because there's going to be like a sea witch Ariel, part of your world, ah, like detente at some point. It's unavoidable. The seaman is going to get his, his land legs. They're going to meet. There's going to be some like Aquaman style battle. No, you don't want that. It's too messy for you. I think you need, oh, and it's so hard because you're just going to like best the one that's near you, right? But you're young and you're fun and you don't have to make a decision right now, but you do have to be honest with the two people like you don't have to tell them about each other necessarily, but you do have to be like, I just want to pull back and I think we started moving too quickly and I I want to get to know you still, but I want to keep our relationship a little bit casual. That's all you have to say. You have to use the word casual, wink, wink. And that means I'm fucking someone in the ocean and I'm fucking someone on the sea. And as a side note, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to date someone who works on a cruise ship. I don't know about that lifestyle. I don't know if it's for you. But equally, I don't know if you want to date an Australian. They're kind of <laughs> they're kind of like the same to me. Like, I don't know what it is about them. I just it's too far. It's too far. It's far away for too long. Look, good luck to you. I'm excited that all of these gorgeous men want to be with you, but just treat them the way you expect to be treated. And just because you're a lady, it doesn't mean that you get to be a liar and a cheat. Mm -mm -mm. He turns when he's drunk. I'm writing for your opinion on my relationship with my partner, a man in his 30s. I am 30. We've been together for eight years, and for the most part, our relationship is amazing. He does more than half of the household chores and never complains. He is an outspoken feminist and calls out behavior when he sees it, and we have so much fun and chemistry together. The problem is, when he drinks alcohol, he really goes in. He's not an alcoholic. He only drinks a few times a week. But when he drinks, he gets very drunk. And when he's drunk, he does very stupid things. Most recently, his drunken antics were climbing over the railing of a second floor balcony and standing on the other side, asking us if he should jump. We were on holiday and he was trying to jump in the pool. When the idea came up at 2 a.m. the night before our flight home to go swim in the sea naked, I said I was going back to the hotel. I didn't have my phone, so I took his for directions home. And yes, I did know it's wrong. I looked at his phone for evidence of something going on for why he was treating me like this, and I found absolutely nothing. But I did find a message from before we were together to a girl on Facebook. The message was obviously to his then girlfriend's best friend, and it was explaining to her that he and the girlfriend had been having a bad time, and he'd gotten so angry with her that he pushed her several times against the bed. He said he was racked with guilt and seemed to be more shaken up than the girlfriend, but was basically looking for absolution from her friend. They split up, and we got together two months later. Well... Well, oh, the trouble is when you look into someone's phone, you just shouldn't because you find things then that you have a responsibility to react to that you might, you should not have known. You know what I mean? You don't know the details of this. It is absolutely not okay that he pushed his ex-girlfriend and then they broke up. But you do not, you still don't know everything about this and you did invade his privacy. It's not like... 
just don't, I, I know, I understand you went in his phone, but just you, now you have a responsibility to address this. And what are you going to do? Sometimes the guys who seem like outspoken feminists behind closed doors are not as they seem, you know, it's all about like, what's the Taylor Swift lyric? Dun, 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 altruism, nah, nah, nah. a narcissist, something. You guys know the Taylor Swift lyric. You're going to the concert in August. You're not coming to the roundhouse. You can do both. Um, yeah, that's icky. I mean, now you have to investigate that. All right. Now he's sober. He's being very affectionate, loving, and needy, and keeps saying what a fun time he had and how much he loves me. My question is, where do I go from here? I still want to enjoy a drink or three with my friends and him, but is this behavior toxic enough that he should stop drinking? I think we have two issues, a breakdown in communication when drunk and his drunken behavior, which I'm now especially concerned about given the physical abuse of the previous girlfriend. Though I have seen no evidence of this in our time together, we have frequently talked about him having anger issues, being very impatient, cruel, and occasionally throwing things in a fit of rage. I feel like this is 20 people in one email that I'm hearing about. So this guy, oh, you've been together eight years and you want to pull him up on like an alleged pushing of his girlfriend eight years and two months ago that you found in his phone. What were you doing looking back eight years? I forgot that you'd been together for eight years. So I would say you got to let that go. You have had zero violence in your relationship and you've had this wonderful man. How do you describe him? Um, outspoken feminist. He does more than half of the household chores. He never complains. You have so much fun and chemistry together. But then you talk about like really dangerous things he does when he's drunk. And then like just when you're wrapping up, you pull out, oh, by the way, I've seen no evidence of physical abuse, but he has anger issues. He's very impatient, cruel, and occasionally throws things in a fit of rage. Is this when he's drunk then? Someone who exhibits these behaviors can never have another drink again. I don't know uh, exactly what the definition of alcoholism is, but like I would say that when a behavior is impacting your life to the point that you become a cruel and dangerous person, then that is uh, a substance that you aren't managing properly and that you have no business partaking in. Like, what is your definition of an alcoholic? I would call this alcoholism. I think alcoholism isn't always what it looks like in the movies, you know? This is a problem. Alcohol is a problem for him, and it's certainly a problem for you in your relationship. He could die. The fact that he's, like, hanging out a second-floor balcony saying that he should jump, and then he's like, I had a lot of fun. Like, he has no control over alcohol, and he needs to be an AA. And I would never have kids with someone like this. If that is your end goal, I would not marry someone like this until, unless and until this behavior is addressed. This is really volatile, dangerous behavior. Um, forget whatever happened eight years plus two months ago. This now is a problem. And you want to enjoy a drink? Well, look, you need to decide uh, what's most important in your relationship. And you need to concentrate on the gaping hole in the relationship that's about to sink the boat. Do you know what I mean? Like, how much do you love him? This man has a big issue with alcohol, so he needs to get clean and sober. That should be your first priority if you intend on being a team. And then after that's happened, then maybe you can have a little drink here or there, but you can't with him. No. 
And I don't know if there are alcoholics who like get it under control where they have like just one or two drinks and they don't get super drunk. Maybe there's a drug he could take. Like uh, there's an antibiotic. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a medical professional. I keep saying this. It's called like Metro something. It's an antibiotic that some alcoholics use because if you drink on it, you immediately throw up. And Ozempic, which is the semi-glutide injection that a lot of Hollywood is taking to get thin, that also puts people off alcohol. I don't know what your options are here, but you, this guy cannot be drunk ever again. That's priority number one. And if you love him enough and he's this feminist and he's amazing and he does more household chores and you want to be with him, then you might, it might come down to you choosing between having three drinks now and then with your girlfriends and him and not being with him. Do you know what I mean? You might both have to be sober or maybe he can get this under control, but you cannot carry on like this and you can't marry someone like this or have babies with someone like this unless they take responsibility for their very dangerous behavior, danger to you, danger to himself. And um, yeah, have an open, honest communication about how it affects you. And you need to look up, I think, the definition of alcoholism because this behavior is dangerous. The last email of the day, Catherine, I am suddenly attracted to a woman. Oh, you saw a photo of me, did you? I'm almost 40. I'm married with three girls. They are 10 and under. We've been married for almost 12 years, together for 18. I've always considered myself to be heterosexual. It's literally never something I've ever questioned. I remember even as a child and early teens, those first crushes and being attracted to men. I admire plenty of women in the sense that I respect them for who they are, what they do, etc. And there are women I've casually thought, oh, I'd love to look like her, but I've never felt physically or otherwise in that sense of the word attracted to any other woman until now. There is someone I met at the gym I go to. She's one of the instructors there, and I've been attending her classes between once or twice a week since the start of the year. Out of the blue, a few weeks ago, I somehow realized that I feel something. It's honestly swiped me off my feet and I'm so confused. I know it's nothing to be ashamed of, that isn't it, but it's just so confusing how suddenly I feel some sort of attraction for her. It's literally just her. There are no other females that I feel this way about. What the hell does this mean? Is it possible that some kind of hero worship has gone astray? It doesn't really feel that way because although I admire the work she does, I'm not starstruck, I don't think. What does this mean for my marriage? I absolutely love her classes and I don't want to stop going. Obviously not. The spandex. Although I'll be going less over the summer while the children are off school. So maybe this will help. I don't even really know what I'm asking or if I'm even putting this down in an email, this feels real somehow, but clearly I felt the need to do this. Any thoughts? I love your stream of consciousness email to me. Like what the, what the hell? I'm attracted to a woman. What does this mean? And you've done the right thing by asking. Just, yeah, like what the hell? Maybe there are women listening who can shed some light on this. I've never been attracted to any woman ever. Uh, I think that obviously we're learning more about gender and sexual orientation being on a spectrum. And you might be like pansexual, it's called, where you're attracted to the person. But these people just all through your life happened to be men for some reason. And now you've gotten to know this fitness instructor and like you're just attracted to the person. I don't know how much she would talk in a fitness class if it's just like what she looks like or maybe the fact, maybe, I don't know, like maybe you just fancy her 
Or maybe you love like what she's bringing out in you because you get these endorphins from working out and you like going to the class and you've started, you know, you've been in an 18 year relationship. So there's not a lot of like traditional spark there with your husband. Um, well, I don't know. I, I think anytime you fancy someone other than your spouse is a problem. And I don't know if your husband is the kind of guy that you could say to, you know, it's so weird lately. I've been like fancying my fitness instructor and he'll flip out. And then you'd be like, it's a woman. And he'll be like, I think a lot of men don't consider other women as a threat. I think another man, most men would be like, hmm, that's very interesting to me after 18 years of marriage with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you guys could like, have a relationship where if this woman is interested in you, you go on dates with her sometimes. Maybe your husband wouldn't even care. Moms could be getting off with each other left, right, and center, and the men would never even know. We spend hours together, like having coffee at the park, doing this, doing that. It would be so easy to have an affair with a woman, but hurtful, so you shouldn't lie about it. I don't know what this means. I think you don't have to label it as anything. I know you're confused, but like... If it were me, I think I would say it to Bobby, but that's just the kind of relationship that we have. I would be like, for some fucked up reason, I tell Bobby loads of things he has no interest in hearing, but I'd be like, I don't know why I feel attracted to this fitness instructor. What do you think that is about? Um, But luckily you've come to the right place because there will be plenty. There are listeners from all over the world who have all types of different life experiences, and I count myself very lucky to have them. I can't solve this one on my own. I'm not attracted to a woman. I think the episode of Sex and City was like, Char- watch, rewatch that episode. Charlotte started hanging around with these lesbians, I think just because she liked their Prada loafers was the reason. And the lesbians were all very interested in Charlotte, like, hmm, why are you hanging out with us? And then the lead lesbian sat her down and was like, do you eat muff? I think were her exact words. And Charlotte was like, no, I just like the company of these women and I love the energy. And then the woman was like, well, if you don't eat pussy, you're not a lesbian, get out. And they wouldn't be friends with her anymore. I don't know how true to lesbian life that is. But um, (laughs) please write in if you do know. The address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. You don't have to be a lesbian to write in. Just write in if you have any advice for this lovely lady. She's very confused. And I, I've promised her that she's come to the right place. We've got to solve this. Don't Maybe don't tell your husband until we get some answers next week because we don't want to freak him out. By the way, I don't think Bobby would be impressed if I was like, oh, I fancy a woman at work. He would not be like, you can go fuck that woman then. He would never say that to me. And he would not want to have a threesome either. That is too much admin for Bobby but maybe you'll get to have your cake and eat it too. I don't know, maybe you don't wanna eat cake. You just like the energy. Oh God, where's this going this week? I hope you all have a lovely week. It's summertime and it's so lovely and all your kids are home from school, so I hope that's fun for you. I will see you next week, (laughs) bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.